0: She would just pray over me and say, Jesse, one day, God is going to use all of this for his glory. And I would just say to her, are you kidding me? Like, I'm telling you, my faith was the size of a mustard seed. I don't even know if it was barely that. And all I could say was, Jesus, I love you. That was all I could say. I couldn't read my Bible. I couldn't concentrate. But I received what she was saying to me. I, I love real women.
1: I love women who are kind, forthright, and honest. I love women who love being a mom. I love women who dream big dreams and who have overcome hard things in life. You know, their lives haven't been perfect, but they've gone through some hard stuff and have come out on the other side of the hard. For all of those reasons and so many more, I love Jessie Seneca. And I hope that after you hear about Jessie's love for pizza, her dogs, and long walks in the country, that you'll love Jessie as much as I do. You're listening to the Significant Women podcast, and I'm your host, Carol McLeod. Significant Women is a podcast for women to gather with their personal stories and the wisdom that they've gleaned from the ordinary days of an uncommon life. Our goal? is to simply encourage women in every season of life that their story matters. It matters very, very much. Well, my guest today, Jessie Seneca, her story is filled with so many different components. It's filled with challenges and with rich hope. Her journey has taken her from spending months in a hospital when she had to leave her young family at home However, through it all, through all of the hard days in life, Jessie has experienced the goodness of God. She's chosen to utilize the pain of her personal life and to use it to encourage others and to develop intimacy with Christ. What could be more significant than that? Here's my guest, Jessie Seneca. Well, as you all know, my guest today is actually not a guest, but, but she's a friend. Jesse and I have gotten to be friends over the last couple years, I, I, I want to say. We've partnered together in ministry and had some great conversations. So Jesse, welcome to the Significant Women podcast. Um, and in my book, you are so significant. So thank you for joining today.
0: Oh, Carol, thank you for having me. It's, I'm so excited to be with you and just share um, what God's laid on my heart. And hopefully it'll be an encouragement to the women. And yeah, we did a refresh and relaunch conference online last year. It's almost a year ago, I guess. Wow. So we got to know each other in preparation for that. And it was, it was great to get to know you.
1: It was, it was. But so, Jesse, tell my friends, about you? Like, what do you do on a normal day? We can sort of see your dog
0: wandering around the background. So from the get-go, we know you're a dog lady. (laughs) I'm a dog lover. We have a new puppy. Well, he's eight months old, but we got him when he was about five months. So it's still kind of new. Uh, We've had plenty of dogs over the years, but I just said to my husband, I don't think I can go through this puppy stage again. So if you see him walking around, that's him. (laughs) His name is Baxter. And I walk my dogs every day. We just had to put our 16-year-old dog down in October. And she was walking with me up until like five months before um, she turned 16. So she was a great companion. I miss her a lot. But um, yeah, we love dogs. I love pizza. I could eat it every single day if I was allowed to. What are your favorite Um, toppings? um, You know, some people are going to go, I love mushrooms. (laughs) So I mean, I'll eat anything on it. I'll even just eat it plain. Uh, But I do like a grandma pie where there's a lot more sauce than cheese. So um, yeah, I love pizza. Uh, I love hanging out with my adult daughters now and getting to play with my grandsons and watching them some during the week. So, you know, new seasons of life, Carol, and you just have to go with the change.
1: Yeah. And, and when your heart is all in, it just becomes a delight. Even the challenges can, can become, can grow into just a delight when when God is in it all. But Jesse, I know that your life has not all been easy; that you've been through some stuff, sister, yeah. and it sort of created the w- woman you are today. So, so tell us, um, what has made you more like Jesus during the journey of your life? What are some of the hard things
0: that you have faced? Yeah, you know, you hindsight is twenty twenty, right? <laughs> you can look back and look at your timeline. And, and see God's hand upon your life uh, from the beginning to where you are today and all that transpired to create and make you who you are today. And I, I'll share a little bit about my story, but when I look at it, I think, boy, I would not be who I am today without the heartache, the, the struggles, failures. I'm not perfect by any means, but I am certainly better because of experiencing what I've experienced. And so, yeah, when I was 27 years old, I came down with a disease called Cushing syndrome. And Cushing syndrome is when you have too much cortisol in your body and it wreaks havoc on you physically, emotionally, even spiritually. And so the physical aspect of Cushing's is when you have this cor- this hormone in you that's just kind of like a steroid. And I, I had hair growth, I had acne on my face in my body. I had a big hump on the back of my back, sugar diabetes, the will to live was just not there, thickness in my stomach, and, and really just feeling defeated. And so it landed me initially in the hospital for five months when my girls were two and a half and six months old. And I came home in that five month period for about two days. Um, When I first went into the hospital, it was a psychiatric facility because we didn't really know what was wrong with me, and so once they found out what was wrong, they sent me to a hospital, another hospital, uh, and they performed pituitary surgery at that hospital because most patients that have Cushing's, there's a tumor on their pituitary, but mine, we did not know at the time, was not on my pituitary, but on my lung, and so it was really a hard time being away from the girls at that young of an age, my husband helping take care of them. And I'll share a little bit about the significant women that were in my life during that time when we get to that portion of of our talk. But um, so after that surgery in Philadelphia, they sent me home for a couple of days and my husband was like, I can't take care of you. He would lay in front of the door so I wouldn't run out to the highway that was nearby. And like hide all the knives and anything that was sharp, and because I had started to become suicidal in my my thoughts. And so he took me to another hospital. It was a, it was a regular secular hospital, a Christian, but it had a Christian section to the psychiatric floor. And so that became my home for two and a half months. And once my husband found the hospital to take me to. Um, from a neighbor who read an article in like Better Homes and Gardens that, did you know there could be you know a tumor somewhere else in your body besides your pituitary? There was an article on Cushing's. So he, he called this woman, it was like one of those stories, a friend of a friend, called this woman and she gave him the name of her doctor who happened to be at the University of Virginia. Now, UVA is about five hours from us, but my husband was like, you know what? we're going to we're going to take you there. So, I had already been accepted to another hospital in Maryland, but it was going to be 5 to 6 weeks before I could get in. And honestly, I'm not sure I would have survived in that psychiatric facility that long. And so my husband never got rid of that, you know, never canceled that appointment but said, "Let's go to UVA. Let's see what they say. They specialize in cushings." Well, Here, we had no idea, but our endocrinologist was top five in the world. I mean, God's handprint was all over it. And when we got there, they had determined that I had Cushing's, but the tumor was on my lung. So they removed a a third of my lung from that surgery. And I'll just kind of fast forward, Carol, through this because I want to get back to the main point. Um, I I went on to deal with that disease, the disease for about 20 years. I've been free of it for about 12 now, but I I had multiple lung surgeries with the third lung surgery being a full lung removal. And then about 12 years ago, another tumor in my chest cavity that they removed, um, that had, that was producing that hormone, uh, of cortisol. And so it was a long journey, you know, 20, 20 plus years. It was while my girls were beat, we were raising my girls and really, and I know you can appreciate this Carol. My goal during that time was just to live long enough to raise my girls. And I got to that point, they went to college I was free of the disease and then I was like, okay, now they're married. Okay, God, I want to live long enough to help raise my boy, my grandsons, you know? So I just think that's what naturally happens. But I share all of that to say this. When I was in the psychiatric facility, it was a Christian section. I was there for two and a half months. There was a Christian counselor that believed my husband who has been my husband who has been I've been with since I was 14 years old we were high school sweethearts and he kept telling her because she believed him this is not my wife I know her I've known her since she's 14 there is something physically happening in her body to be causing this emotional state and she believed him and she would come in and some days I was pretty much atrophied the last few weeks of the hospital stay and she would just come and pray over me and this is one of those significant women in my life that doesn't have a name Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of women that come into our lives that we don't remember their names per se but we remember the impact or something that they said to us and she would just pray over me and say Jesse one day God is going to use all of this for his glory. And I would just say to her, are you kidding me? Like, I'm telling you, my faith was the size of a mustard seed. I don't even know if it was barely that. And all I could say was, Jesus, I love you. That was all I could say. I couldn't read my Bible. I couldn't concentrate. But I received what she was saying to me. And that was in 1993, uh, 92, 93. And then I found myself sitting in the audience of women of faith. The first year, 1996, it was, they came to a church in our hometown. It was before they had gone into arenas. And I remember sitting in the audience, not knowing really what a calling meant, any of that. But what I felt and and knew that God was speaking to my heart was that I would be speaking and sharing with women and giving them hope and encouragement. Now, Carol, I had myself on the stage of women of faith. Little did I know, I had no idea what I was even thinking or feeling. I had no idea. Um, But what I knew was that God had a plan. And a couple of years after that, I remember listening to a song waiting for my daughter at preschool and kind of down (laughs) that I hadn't been asked to speak at a mother-daughter banquet at our church because I had this great story to tell. Have you ever felt like that? Like just, I've got this story to tell. This is what God told me I'm gonna do. Why isn't anybody asking me? So I, I sat there and I just felt like the Lord said, would you be willing to speak to one person? And boy, I was so humbled by that. And I was like, yes, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what you're doing, but yes, I will be willing to speak to one person. And a couple of weeks from that time, my new, fairly new pastor came to me and asked me to mentor a younger woman. Now I was young, I was under 30. And so he had asked me to mentor a a little bit younger of a woman than me. And at that point, I said yes to the Lord. And I trusted him with what he was going to unfold in my life. And I know I, I shared with you, kind of where I wanted to go with, with the our conversation. And it's about waiting because there's so many times we think we've heard from God or we felt that he's going to, going to do something in the future or we think it should happen right now. And Carol, there's so many times we can will our decisions into happening, right? As women, but you know, God waited 12 and a half years to open the door to what I thought he had called me to. And I I say all that to say, it wasn't that I just sat and ate bonbons and didn't do anything in that 12 and a half year period. I actively waited with what was right in front of me and what God was asking me to do for that time. And then when God was ready to open the door, I was willing and able to walk through it because I had prepared um, for those 12 and a half years for that door to open. And so it, it, it's been a process. And, and again, you can look back on your life and see, hind, see the hindsight of all of it. And I, I often tell women to kind of write out a timeline of your life and, and write all those things that you've been a part of from volunteering to vocation, to parenting, whatever it might be that you've done throughout your life. And then to where you are today and see God's handprint and what he's done and how he's used every area of your life to bring you to right where you are today. Now, Carol, I did not know this until last night. that you're, I knew that you were having a conference called Meanwhile, but I did not know it was based off of a new Bible study that you wrote on Joseph. And when I was preparing for today, I can't. I, I could show you my notes, but I wrote down Joseph because it was 13 years before you know God used that dream that He put into His life, and and when you look at His timeline, right, of going from the pit um, to the palace from the prison to the populace. Like you can see how God used every part of his life to bring him to right to where he was. And I don't have to tell you that because I know you wrote a Bible study on that, but i that was my first thought when I thought about a character from God's word on someone who had to wait and wait patiently and actively for when God opened that door.
1: Oh, wow, I just love it. I just love it. Yeah, so Jess, so meanwhile... Um, There's a verse in Joseph's story that says, Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph into slavery in Egypt. So in all of our lives, there's a meanwhile that we don't like what's going on. But God is setting us up for his purposes. He actually was not putting Joseph um, on pause. He was propelling him into saving a nation of people. And so, Jesse, even when you were in that mental ward, your mm-hmm. life was not on pause, but God was propelling you to speak to women mm-hmm. of your generation.
0: And sometimes when you're in that pit or you're in that despair, you can't really see clearly right, of what it's all going to look like. And even, Carol, when I felt like God was calling me, into a speaking, teaching ministry, I didn't know what it was all going to look like. Sure. All I knew was that I had to do what was right in front of me. And of course, you know, when you come through something like that, life takes on a whole new perspective and you, you try to become more present in the now and, and be, you know, cause you're, you're not guaranteed tomorrow, you know, so it, it, it really helped me have a new perspective on even raising my children, of working in ministry, of starting Bible studies, whatever it might've been. I, I knew that God placed certain things in my life at that time to be present and to do what he called me to do with that next right step. And, and so that's just what, I I share with women all the time not to look too far ahead. And I'm not saying we shouldn't plan because you and I are planners, right? We're going to plan until, you know, the sun goes down. We're going to plan. But, and I think all of us have learned through COVID, what we have to do is be flexible, right, In, in that planning. And so, yeah, it's great to plan, but also accepting what God has in the now for what he's asking you to do.
1: You know, Jesse, so much of what you've shared already is just so rich and good. And honestly, my next question for you was going to be this one. So Jesse, we're all waiting for something and some of us wait well and some of us wait poorly. So if you were coaching a woman today, this is how you wait well. What would be some of the practical steps you'd say to her as in how to, put her mind and heart around waiting well, as opposed to waiting poorly, because she's waiting.
0: Right. Well, you know, we can respond in two ways to wait, (laughs) where we see wait as an attack, Mm -hmm. right, from God or a growth Mm -hmm. from God. And it depends on how we respond to the wait, because there are times where like, we want to go ahead of God. I mean, I've done it. I don't know if you've done it, but like, I've gone ahead of God. (laughs) And you know what happens with that frustration, despair. There's just so much that happens with that. And so I think for me, Carol, when I was in that waiting time, I had to build a more intimate relationship with the Lord and allow him to have access like, to my heart. And because I felt that it was a teaching, speaking ministry, if God had opened the door when I thought he should have, it would have been a complete train wreck because what I needed to do was get into his word and study his word. Mm-hmm. I And listen, I've got a long ways to go in, in, in understanding the word of God and dissecting it and all of that. Um, but I'm... I'm so much further along, like even when you look at your own life five years ago, like to where you are today, because you've been in the word five years longer, you start to learn more, right? And so those 12 and a half years, I just dove into Bible study. I went to Bible studies. I did inductive Bible studies. I really just wanted to be, um, you know, a learner of the word. Um, And so I would say that to someone who's in the wait, right now and see it as an opportunity for growth rather than attack from God. Secondly, um, I would say something that I've already said, be actively waiting. So not just sitting there saying, oh, I wish God was going to open this door. I wish God was going to do this or that or the other thing. But if he presents something to you in your life, like for me in that waiting period, I won't go into the whole resume, but I, I led Bible study in the community. I oversaw children's ministry for those 12 years. I got involved in women's ministry. I got involved in the Christian school where my kids were and, and offering events and festivals and, you know, all of that. Almost too much, Carol, that (laughs) I was a stay at home mom. But this is what I want to say. When you're a stay-at-home mom and people know it, you're no longer a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> right? I mean, I had to come to my husband and be like, can we get a cleaning person? He's like, hello, <laughs> you're home. I'm like, not really. And so I, this is what I learned through that as well. There's so many things. If we keep our eyes open that God wants to teach us. I got some of my priorities mixed up. because. Mm. My main ministry should have been to my home Mm -hmm. and to my family. Mm -hmm. And I was getting it mixed up and that became lower on the totem pole than needed to be. And so I needed to refocus on what was important and what God was calling me for in that season of my life. And so I did get those priorities straightened up again. And of course, I, I kind of put my toe in the water every once in a while and they get mixed up a little bit. Um, Because we want to do such great things for God. However, if that means that our relationship with him is hindered, we have to check and recheck what our priorities are. And that's what I had to do. Because there was a chair that I had sat in for so many years that months went by before I sat in it again. And I committed to myself and to the Lord that I would not let that happen again. And so in the way... First of all, build that intimate relationship with the Lord. Be in His Word. Make it the main bullet point on your agenda every single day. And then just do what's right in front of you, and God will use all of it for when He calls you into what you think He's asking you to do.
1: So good. Thank you. That ministers to me today, Jesse. It does. Jesse and I share the same passion for moms, for young mothers who are in the trenches of motherhood. Whether you are a stay-at-home mom, a single mom, a career mom who's spinning all the plates, or a homeschool mom, I'd like to tell you about my new book, Rooms of a Mother's Heart. This book, Rooms of a Mother's Heart, is truly the book that I was born to write. As you read Rooms of a Mother's Heart, you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be challenged, and you will be encouraged to make every day count in this wonderful journey known as motherhood. Um, If you're weary in your role as a mother, you need to read this book. If you love your calling as a mom, you need to read this book. And if you need creative ideas about discipline, about bedtime, about dealing with teenagers, then you need to read this book, The Rooms of a Mother's Heart. It's available on Amazon, at christianbooks.com, or on my website, which is carolmcleodministries.com. But now, let's get back to my pizza-loving friend, Jesse Seneca. Okay, so you're also an author now. God has opened the door for you in the publishing industry. So let's talk about some of the books you've written so that my friends know what your books are, what your heart is, what your passion
0: is in writing. Okay, Uh, yeah, I never set out to be an author. (laughs) I've never had one writing lesson, Um, but the Lord just opened the door. And I honestly thought, I've been in full-time ministry 12 years And I honestly thought the first book was going to kind of be my memoir of my illness. But God really put it on my heart to write a Bible study. And so the first Bible study that I wrote is from the book of Colossians. It's called The Secret is Out, um, because we know that that secret is God in us, the hope of glory. Mm -hmm. So that was the first Bible study I wrote. And then I did write Road Trip, which is um, more of a memoir of my my illness and all that I learned in and through that illness and and really to who I am today. And then Carol, I don't know if you know this, but I wrote a Bible study on Joseph. Did you? I didn't Um, know that. Yeah, I did. That was the third, Mm third, third thing that I wrote. And And what's the name uh, of that? It's just called Joseph. Um, and it's all about like resilience, respect, um, you know, like that type of thing. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's, it's just on the person, Joseph. And I'll tell you why. I went through Bible study fellowship. Have you ever heard of Bible study? Yes. I went to it for many, many years. So you probably did the book of Genesis. Yes. And do, during the time of doing that book of, of Genesis, studying that I was, just I don't know what the word is enamored by the man Joseph, and I'm like it takes up a third of the book. Yeah, and I really just wanted to dive into him so much more, and I loved every every step of studying that more, you know, in depth. And so yeah, I wrote um, a Bible study on Joseph and. I've offered it online, you know, especially I did I did offer it online during COVID. And I will tell you, I looked at it so differently. And then you've probably you've been writing it through COVID, right? Yes. So yes. (laughs) I have been, you know,
1: eyeball deep in Joseph for about two years now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so that whole seclusion part Mm -hmm. of Joseph's life really just came to light for me. Um, in redoing that study. So it was a Joseph study. I've written a book on um, raising girls because I only had girls. So we did that. Uh, Wrote a book on friendship, which I love friendship and uh, just the different seasons and styles of friendship. Uh, I wrote a book called More of Jesus, and it was really an anniversary piece because my ministry is called More of Him Ministries, and it's off of John three thirty, where he must increase and I must decrease. And so I just wanted this little book um, that would be something women could pick up and read in like an hour and a half. There's only three chapters, but it's, it's about more of him, less of me, and how to live a fruitful life. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a devotional, a 52, um, 52 Promises of God, and I just submitted my next book uh, manuscript. It's called High Low Buffalo The um, Power of God Centered Perspective. So mm-hmm. I, I, and you know, Carol, I know you've written a lot of books as well. I've never really set out to write the next book, it's always been something that God put on my heart. And I was like, oh, Okay, you know, um, or a friend said to me, "You should really write a book on friendship," and I was like, "Hmm." And then God confirmed it, you know, that type of thing. So, like even now, I don't really have another book in me that I know of. But this is the interesting thing, Carol. And I want to encourage a woman today because I had no idea I was going to write this next book, High Low Buffalo. But what happened was I looked, I do one blog a month and my newsletter, and I looked at 15 months during COVID at that time, or 13 months, I guess it was at that point, 13, 14 months. And there was a thread through every blog on perspective. And I looked at it and I thought, God's writing this book, you know? And so I, I had... I had 13, 13, 14 chapters with a title pretty much of each because it was the title of my blogs and it just, it just flowed. And it wasn't like I was looking for it. However, you and I know that we have to keep our eyes open for what God's doing around us and then join him in that work.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's an interesting journey. Um, Jesse, to to hear how each book was supernaturally birthed inside of you. It was just a gift that God planted in you. So we'll have this in the show notes, Jesse, but people can get your books on Amazon.
0: Yes, they can get them on Amazon. Uh, They can go to my website, moreofinministries.org. Okay. Uh, Yep, those are the places they can good, get them.
1: Good. More of him ministries.org. I can't believe how fast time goes when I'm talking to you. We're just <laughs> but I, I've gotta to get to to a couple more questions with yes. you. And and this one, Jess. So other than that woman who really spoke God's truth over you when you were in the hospital, what other women have impacted your life in a significant way?
0: Wow. I know we don't have enough time to share all of them, but I'll share a couple. One, her name um, is Sarah. And Sarah, when I was sick for those five months, she was a woman that I went to church with. We were friends, but not like super friends, like that she would do this. She felt like the Lord had said to her that she needed to help my husband take care of my girls because she didn't want them to go into daycare. Now she had a third grade and a first grade boy. She was a stay at home mom, but she was a teacher. She was a leader in Bible study fellowship. So that meant two days a week. She was a homeroom mom. She took care of her home, really like no one else I knew because her husband was an affluent chef in our area. So that means weekends, right? Nights. And so she was doing it all, cutting the grass, cooking, you know, doing all of that. And she felt like the Lord had said to her to stop it all, except for parenting her kids, right? And taking care of her home, stop it all and help John take care of my girls four days a week. And that's what she did. That's what she did. And when I started to feel better, when I first came out from my first lung surgery, because mentally I still had to um, heal. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I had to have someone with me 24 seven for about a month and she would spend some days with us. And, you know, I would just say, how did you, how did you do it? (laughs) And she said, I would wake up every morning and just ask the Holy spirit to lead me, strengthen me and guide me. And what I learned from her, and this, I, I don't know if you're going to ask this or not, but I know it was something you had asked in, in the questions you had sent, kind of like, what is your life motto? Yeah. And it kind of stems from this. Obedience is up to you and the outcome is up to God. Wow. And I've always felt like if God has called you to do something that you need to be obedient And doing it, not knowing how the end result is going to end up, but trusting God with that. And I know that's a real Christian answer to something, but it really has been something because there's a lot of times we don't want to be obedient, right? And her life and what she did for me and our family was a huge impact that doesn't just, didn't just impact me, Carol, and you know this because you're a writer I've pretty much put it in every single book I've written, something about this woman and what she did for us, because it needs to be heard. Yes. You know, it's that selfless life. And the the other woman I want to share about, um, her name is Sally. And I have so many other women that I could share about Carol, but Sally was the same way. She was very selfless servant leader. And I think that's what I learned the most about, leadership was coming underneath her um, and, and supporting me, seeing something in me that I couldn't even see in myself. And I mean, I think, Carol, at the ages that we're at now, how we can appreciate that because we have so many younger women underneath us and we see that giftedness in them. And now it's our turn Yes. Right. To give back and, yes. and to encourage those younger women with the gifts that God has given them. And so just having that selfless attitude, that servant attitude of going the extra mile um, and being obedient with what God calls you to do today and allow him to take care of the outcome.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Jesse, our society tells us, oh, be on the platform. Oh, have 10,000 people follow you on social media. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, greatness in the kingdom of God is measured by our servant's heart. Yes. So the fact that you point that out, I think, is so powerful, especially to the younger generation of women.
0: Well, you know, Carol, I was reading, um, I started reading the book of Mark, and again, and what intrigued me this time as I was reading it was that Jesus said follow me, Mm. right? He didn't make those disciples great leaders right at the beginning. He said, follow me. And then he would teach them how to be that great leader. And it's really that that same thing that you're talking about, because that's what God wants first is our heart. He wants our devotion in that quietness of spending time with him. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, but I've gotten caught up at times doing such great things for God that I miss that relationship with Him. Yeah, yeah. And I think I learned that the hard way. And I wanna help women, of course, uh, Carol, a lot of times we have to learn things the hard way, right? Sure, sure. But if we can encourage women from some of the mistakes that we have made or the, the failures that we've learned from to help them not learn it on a field trip type of thing, mm-hmm. um, I, I love that we can do that. I do too. I do too.
1: So, Jesse, my oldest son, he's just a real leader. He's a coach like your husband. And one of the talks that he gives is called Who Overdue? In other words, who you are is more important than what you do, which is what you just said, Mm -hmm. that who we are on the inside is so much more important than anything we'll accomplish. I love that. I love that. Okay. So Jesse, are you ready to have some fun? Sure. Okay. So my favorite movie is The Sound of Music. So a lot of people would call this the lightning round. Oh, but not me. This is called My Favorite Things, a few of my favorite things. So I'm going to shoot some things at you and you just tell us what your favorite is. And if you want to pass, just say pass because it's okay. Like okay. if you can't tell us that your favorite dessert is a triple banana split, it's okay. You can just say pass. <laughs> I, love, I love ice cream. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, Jesse, other than the Bible, what's your favorite book?
0: Oh, well, if it's fiction, which I don't read a lot of fiction, but Francine Rivers, I like her books. Um, redeeming love. I loved that book of redeeming love. I, boy, I've read so many different books, but one of the series, I I don't want to say series, but one of the more recent books that I am enjoying um, are books written by John Gordon. Mm -hmm. He wrote the energy bus. I love that book. And I also love who moved the cheese. Yes. Yes. Do you follow him on social media? John Gordon.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he's great. I love
0: all of his books. Yeah. They're very good.
1: Okay, next question. Jesse, right now, what is the worship song? You hear the first few notes and the tears start falling down your cheeks and it just hits you in your heart. What is that worship song right
0: now? You oh. Well, I, I I know that this is an oldie but goodie, but amazing love. Mm -hmm. I love that song. I do too. Um, Just because it's my life, you know, I just love that song. So I, I, you know, I love worship music, but I haven't been listening to a whole lot recently. I don't know why. I think it's because I've just been listening to some podcasts when I get that free time. And I'm helping with my grandchildren right now. And it seems like we're singing skidamarinky. I love you. I don't know. (laughs) But um, I do Amazing Grace. I know it's a classic, but I just love that song. So what is your favorite podcast?
1: Tell us what podcast you really enjoy.
0: Well, I guess, I'm not, I guess they're considered podcasts, but I like listening to Chip Ingram. He's a Mm professor out of California. I like that. Um, I've listened to different ones. I don't, I I tend to listen to more audible books Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. I get a chance. Mm -hmm. Um, just because I don't have a lot of like that downtime so much anymore, but, um, I like podcasts that deal with leadership. So mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, I'll listen to, to leadership podcasts. So good. Yeah.
1: Okay. So favorite movie. What's your
0: favorite movie, sister sister? Okay. I knew you were gonna ask that. And so I love Steel Magnolia. Oh,
1: yes. Steel Magnolia,
0: which you need a whole box of tissues for. You do, you do. But I also love the proposal. Yes. And I, I'm i not, Carol, my husband can watch a movie over and over and over. I'm like, how many times are you going to watch an episode of Star Wars, you know, or I don't know, whatever, you know, a movie. And I don't tend to watch movies over and over, but Proposal, every time it comes on, <laughs> I don't know, I find myself watching it. That's
1: <laughs> so cute. So cute! I'm that way with them. Um, You've got mail. I could just watch it. Oh, a that's times. a good one too. Yeah. I could do that. That's a good one. Okay. What is your favorite dessert? Ice cream. Ice cream.
0: I just love ice cream. Yep. I, and it's so funny because my little grandson who's going to be three next month, he got these new stickers, like they're all vehicles and they go on this little road and I was playing with him yesterday cause I was watching him and he even knows that Mimi's favorite thing is ice cream because there was an ice cream truck, you know, like one of the vehicles. And he points at it and he starts snickering like, Mimi, it's your favorite. He's like, that's your favorite. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I
0: love anything with ice cream. And when you said that banana split. I think we should just go out to dinner and have one of those.
1: Okay. So let's let's go out and have pizza and ice cream. What do you say? Right. That sounds good. <laughs> Your favorite um, holiday.
0: My favorite holiday. Well, I love Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, you know, enjoy having people in my home and being, having that grateful, thankful attitude and not really having to purchase a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, Of course, I I do enjoy Christmas just, you know, around the birth of Jesus and be able to really focus on that. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are probably my two favorite. And what about your favorite way to rejuvenate? Walking. That's right. Yeah. Yes. I love to walk and um, it really helps me clear my head. It seems to be that's where the Lord speaks to me the most besides the shower. Why is that, Carol? <laughs> I'm like, I got to get out of the shower and write something down. <laughs> I know, I know. But yeah, walking helps me relax. It helps me to think, to create. Um, so yeah, that's, and it's also a time, I don't do it every day, but I like to walk with friends as well because it's a way um, that they can come into my life, right, and and still be able to have time together if we are busy, and um, because I will walk every day. So if you want walk with me, and we can talk and walk five six miles. So oh, how I and, wish
1: I would love yeah,
0: it. How I wish. I know. I know.
1: <laughs> oh, Jesse, thank you so much for being with me today on the Significant Women Podcast. And before we go, would you pray for the women who
0: are listening today? I will thank okay. you so much, Carol, for having me. And I know that you are one of those significant women and you've made such an impact um in so many people's lives. And I, I love watching you. I learn from you and what you're doing. And just um, you know, thank you for being one of those significant women in my life too in these last couple of years. Thanks, Jesse. Ditto awesome. sister. All right, okay, let's pray. Okay. Lord God, we just come before you right now and we thank you for this time. We thank you for our timeline. Some of it might not be good. Some of it might be great, but all of it has been used to make us who we are. Help us to have eyes to see you, God, in every step and know that it is for our growth everything you do for us is for us it tells us in your word that your thoughts of us outnumber the grain of sand and that we are the apple of your eye and so i pray that the women listening today would know that they are significant that they are important in your eyes god and that is enough it gives us the power and the strength to move forward in what you've called us to do. And so God, I pray for that woman who doesn't feel like she has much of a future. But God, you know the future. You hold the future. Help her not to become paralyzed in the weight, but to be energized and come to know you in a deeper way so you can use her in a significant and impactful way in the lives of those of you. Help us, God, to have an attitude of gratitude. Help us to be have a good perspective on change and where you're taking us because you hold the future for each one of our lives. Help us to trust you, God, with the outcome. Thank you for this time together. In your holy and precious name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesse. I love you. You're welcome. Love you, too.
1: Well, I hope that, like me, you feel that you have a new best friend in Jessie Seneca. And I also hope that you'll visit her website, which is org, and check out all of the wonderful avenues of ministry that Jessie is involved in. Thank you for joining me this week on the Significant Women podcast. I hope that you'll share this episode with your friends, as well as leave a review on our hosting platform. Even a few words of encouragement means the world to all of us. I want to remind you, my friend, that you were created for Significance. You were created to partner with your creator and to demonstrate his character and his heart During your tenure on planet Earth, when God looks at your life, he sees a woman of grand significance indeed.